Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook. It's great to be with you once again. In the Christian Basic series, we now focus on salvation. As we return to our series looking at Christian Basics with Dr John Hall, you'll recall that John has already shown us that each person of the Godhead, the Trinity, we use that word to describe God, so God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, is involved in the great work of salvation. Before the beginning of time, God the Father formulated the plan of salvation. He chose to save a great multitude of sinners which no man can number. We read that in Revelation chapter 7. We've seen the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, accomplish that wonderful salvation. He provided redemption through his death on the cross and his resurrection. And we've also seen that it is the Holy Spirit's work to apply this salvation to our hearts. An area we now need to consider carefully here on Serving Today is how does this great work of Almighty God affect us? What happens as a result of God's saving work in our lives? Well, Derek French spoke with John Hall for us. He put these questions to John and this is what he said. Well, we're going to look at the idea of conversion now or salvation. This salvation that God gives is truly a very great thing, like the pearl of great price, it's worth having. For the Christian, God the Holy Spirit's chief gift to us is that faith by which we trust in Christ for salvation. By faith we unite it to Christ and all the benefits of his work become ours. So becoming a Christian is something which has far-reaching effects. It transforms the whole of a person's life and eternal destiny. And it's often called, because of its vast work, conversion, being turned, being changed, being transformed. And so it's very important that we must understand it and get it right. And it's important that we are ourselves converted. John, you've mentioned conversion there. And I'd really like to ask you what precisely is meant by that term. And could you include in your answer some help for those who find the whole idea of conversion as something threatening or frightening? Conversion simply means change. In order for us to understand how great the change is, the Bible gives us all sorts of different pictures. It's like having a new life. It uses the word repenting, which we shall look at later. It speaks of having faith in Christ or baptism with the Holy Spirit or regeneration, being reborn, or union with Christ, or adoption into God's family. It's a new life of holiness and much more. It's a huge change. Sometimes it gives the picture of the change from death to life. Now you say, Derek, well, is it frightening? Now, I think probably it is. All of us find change very threatening. It makes us worried or nervous. How will we cope with it? For instance, if we move house, all of us experience the tension of doing that. Or moving jobs, how will we cope with the new skills required? 
or if you're a child, then moving to a new school, what will happen regarding new friends, and so on. So how can we deal with that nervousness about being changed? In a sense, conversion is much, much more upsetting than moving to a new job. Why do you say that, John? Well, moving to new things in this world are threatening. But conversion means a repudiation, a rejection, a turning away from all our past life and all that's been wrong in our past life and turning to something completely different. It's as radical as that. Now, perhaps, listener, you might say, well, such a change is not for me. I just couldn't cope with that. If it's worse than moving house, I don't want it. But we need to ask the question, why is the change necessary? Just imagine this picture. You're in a lovely big car on a wide, smooth road. And all seems to be well. It's purring along. It's all you've dreamed for, handling beautifully. And then someone suddenly shouts to you, turn left, turn now. Why, you say, and you, you pull the car up to a halt and you look left and you see a small, bumpy, hilly road with many potholes in it. You say, well, why should I want to go on that road? It, it seems so difficult. And the man who shouted at you, turn left, turn now, says, well, the road you're on now, this wide, broad road, has been washed away in the floods and ends in a big chasm. So if you carried on there, you'd just fall to your death. And that road on the left is the only way through, bumpy and unattractive as it seems. It's the only safe way to get to your destination. So you'll have to turn your car away from the broad road onto the narrow road if you'd avoid your car and yourself being destroyed. Now, those of you who know your Bibles will remember that Jesus said something similar in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. He said this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So you need to be converted because you need to be get off the broad road, however comfortable it may seem, onto the narrow road that leads to life. Conversion means change. A turning is needed. Otherwise, you'll end up in hell. So however stressful the repenting and the turning is and the conversion is, it's essential if you're ever to have eternal life with the living God. You need to be converted to enter through Christ and then heaven is yours. In Acts 15 and verse 3, Paul and Barnabas, as they travelled, told how the Gentiles had been converted, turned, changed, as they had believed in Christ. And of course, this change is uh, such a beneficial result, isn't it? You know, no. heaven, as you said, is, uh, is far more glorious than what we may have to lose or give up in this life. It is indeed. And the destination of not being changed is hell. The destination of someone who's converted and has faith in Christ is heaven. And so it's worth putting up with the turbulence in order to gain the pearl of great price. Mm. John, can we actually sort of broaden that out a little bit? And could you tell us exactly what takes place when someone is converted? You've mentioned a few things in passing, but can you go into things in more detail? Yes, we, we'll look at various different things in the next few minutes. The work conversion involves the whole change. 
and the Bible splits it up for us into smaller parts so we can understand how vast that change is. And the first thing we're going to look at is regeneration, being reborn, renewed, having the new birth, new life, are all ways that the Bible describes this process. And Derek's going to read from Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So you see there that God made us alive with Christ. It's a new life in Christ. That is conversion. Derek, could you read for us John 3, 1 to 4? We've looked at this many times before, but it's worth looking at again. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So you see there, this change is described by Jesus as being born again. That's regeneration. It's part of the work of conversion. And as you read on, you'll see that it's the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. He chooses to act when and where he wills. John, why is being made spiritually alive so necessary? And why is it only something that God can do for us? That's a very interesting question, Derek. I wonder what you listener would give as an answer. The answer is this. We're spiritually dead. We're all by nature and by birth sinners and dead to the things of God. We're all on that broad road to destruction. We're not aware of it. We're oblivious to it. Isn't everybody else going in the same direction? Isn't it comfortable? Now, if you think of a physically dead person, if you've ever seen one, can they make themselves alive? In order for a physically dead person to be made alive, someone from outside needs to do something for them. For instance, if their heart suddenly stops and they fall down in the street, they can't restart it themselves. They're dead. But perhaps if someone is next to them and suddenly thumps on their chest or brings the defibrillator, that machine that puts a stimulus into the heart and wakes it up and makes it beat again, then they can live. So no spiritually dead person can make themselves spiritually alive. Someone from outside must do it for them. And only God can give spiritual life. And so to go to heaven, you must have God do it for you. So how is this conversion seen? What actually takes place when someone is converted? When someone's converted, two things occur, repentance and faith. When God the Holy Spirit regenerates and gives life, you know it. Because at the same time, a person consciously turns away from sin, which is repentance, a turning away from sin, a change of mind regarding sin, as well as turning away from sin, they turn to God, believing in Christ. Repentance and faith are the two things we shall observe in a person that has been born again. And we're going to look at those now. Derek, could you please read for us what Paul said he had done whilst he was in Ephesus? Yes, this is in Acts 20 and verses 20 and 21. And Paul is addressing the elders of the church there. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house. 
I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And those are the two things that we're going to study, to turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. A person that's born again turns to God in repentance and does have faith. We'll be looking at these two aspects of conversion in more detail in coming programmes. But the issue pastors and church leaders need to be sure of when they counsel and teach anyone who claims to be a new believer is, have they genuinely been converted? In other words, have they turned away from living a sinful life with little regard to what God has commanded and turned back to God and his ways? That is exactly what repentance is. And with that, do they have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Whatever their background or ethnicity or race, true children of God all have these two things in common. They have all repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. If they've done so already, praise God with them for being so gracious to them. But if they cannot say they've repented and believed, then we need to urge them to do so without delay. And that's all we have time for here on Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God bless you in your service for Christ. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can now send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Until next time, goodbye.